Alamo here on August 12th, 12th, 1-2, 2015. Now, you know, I used to read a lot of articles that boasted, boasted that in addition to all its other virtues, Gen Y was the most diverse generation ever. And then last week, I read a report that air conditioning, air conditioning in offices is sexist. You see, men have warmer bodies than women. So the air conditioning is set to cool men off. And the women have to wear sweaters and bring heaters to work even in the middle of the summer. And you know what? That made me realize that even though we're supposed to be in a diverse Gen Y world, I see a never ending stream of articles complaining about racism and sexism every single day. For example, the big IT companies, not diverse. And the little IT companies, not diverse. Those startups, you know, they're out-and-out sexist. All we hear about are the bromances at work, right? And they're racist as well. And here's why. Because the founders hire their friends. And networking is racist because we tend to mix with people who belong to our own families and social classes. And it's structurally racist. And what else? Yeah, I also read from J.K. Rowling, that Harry Potter babe. She said it's sexist if you think Serena Williams has arms and shoulders that are more typical of a man. And it's also sexist if you think that women cry more than men. I'll go to the mouth with anybody on that one, okay? Now, maybe the baby boomers and uh, the uh, Gen Xers, they're still overrepresented in the working world, especially at the management level. (laughs) And they're causing all the problems. So the millennials are not implicated in these attacks. But, you know, isn't Gen Y involved in those little startups? Okay, are they clear? How come everything is racist and sexist in a Gen Y world? You tell me on Jerry. Jerry! What's your last You've been away too long. You couldn't last till the end of the music. Well, I, I, uh, well, I, was, I was also too busy looking up. I was going to add the little bit of controversy from the Bic Pen manufacturer. Didn't hear about that. Oh, yes. They had to apologize for their sexist Think Like a Man advertisement. Okay. Yeah. I, I, they ran an I, ad on Women's Day in South Africa. Uh-huh. To empower and celebrate women, uh-huh. just said, "Look like a girl, act like a lady, mm-hmm. think like a man." I wonder what generation wrote that. Ad. Come on, work like a boss. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on, Jerry. It's welcome back to the show. You know your fans have been clamoring for you. I know it. I know it. Um, I'm back, people. Okay, I'm but back. there's some noise. There's, there's noise on the line, and you know that was me. I screwed it up at the beginning. I had two browsers open. What's that gurgling on the? I think you know who it is. 
No. It's so, I'm is, so Sarah. No, it isn't. Gurgly. No, let's move to I'm so Sarah. Let's welcome to the show someone we've known for a long time, never long spoken time. to. Somebody's making a lot of noise. Hold on, let me find. I wish you yeah, fix that first. Oh god, jeez. Oh, Who is it? Somebody's got you on speaker. I don't know. It's not me. How hard is it? How hard is it to understand what we're doing here? Call in, hopefully on a landline. Don't use speakerphone. And if you do have to use speakerphone, could you put the mute button on? Do you see what happens when you leave, Jerry? Jerry, I, 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 I got to put this. It's going to be months to fix this damage. Jerry, I, think, I mean, you, you got to fix this, man. This is absurd. Okay, let's go. Okay, Sarah, welcome to the show. Sarah Brennan, whom we used to know as Sarah White. I just spoke to her a few minutes ago. Thanks to my yelling at her on Twitter, she got a a decent phone, and we can hear her. Sarah, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Hey, going back to your guys' conversation, did you see now that Target is no longer going to have a girls' and boys' toy section? No. parents complained that it, there was a Lego section for girls, and some of their boys wanted to play with the pink dollhouse Legos. And so to be gender neutral, they're changing their toy section. Okay, I'm not interested in that. Look, but I can, can everybody hear her? Just a second. You start this whole show off then. with about sexism and the different stuff. Your guest, who you mentioned to me before the show, you weren't sure what we were going to talk about. Your guest adds to the topic you suggested, and you say you don't want to talk about it? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, Jerry. Because my topic was how come if Gen Y is so diverse, we're all getting hit with this sexist stuff every day. I don't want to hear the details about Lego being sexist. I want to know why there's so much sexism in the Gen Y world. That's just an example. That's not the details. What? It's going to get worse is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's impacting the next generation. Or so. So... Yeah. What? Uh, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> yes, let's move on. You're just out of... You're I'll tell you, I am thrown a bit. I had two browsers open because they've got this new means of connecting to the show, and I can't use my regular browser. I found out at the last minute. I switched, but I didn't close my old one. I'm all screwed up, okay? I'm submissed. My head is mixed up. Let's move on. But let's get... You've had to think like a man, haven't you, Adam? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't yeah. handle it. Yeah, okay. Sarah's going to sing. Canada? Sarah's going to sing Sarah Smiles with me. Does anybody else want to join us? <laughs> That's a good song. <laughs> yeah. And when I feel I can't go on, Sarah, you, you come and man. hold me. It's you. <laughs> And me and Jerry are going to do it. And me forever. Sarah, smile. Won't you smile a while with me, Sarah? Sarah, we didn't hear you. Sarah. I have to admit, uh, I had actually never even heard of that song until that morning. Can you believe that? On YouTube. (laughs) Animal, and you what? and you invited her to the show, and she doesn't know that song. She volunteered. She volunteered. Okay, I now, didn't vet properly. Okay, 
Okay, look, Sarah, between January 2001 and October 2002, that's almost two years, one year and 10 months, she was a recruiter at uh, MRI. Am I right about that, Sarah? Yep. I did okay. before that, but as an intern. Okay. Um, and then from, yeah, Oct agency. Yeah. from October 2002 to June 2003, another nine months, she was a corporate internet recruiter at a place called Uline. I, I guess that's a sourcer. Is that a sourcer, Sarah? Nope. Um, it was kind of at the point where the online recruiting was just starting. And uh, so I came in and set strategy and did all of the, you know, making sure the stuff got out online. We grew by about 600% in that nine-month period. Okay, well, we don't know what you're talking. Go, wait, wait, go ahead. It was the first time people were starting to use. No, no, I like Jerry talk, okay? Oh, Give Jerry a break. Is Uline the place that sells buckets and all different kinds of stuff? Yep, yep. I I had to order a special bucket, a square bucket, if you can believe it. They make them. I had to buy one, so I ordered one. Yeah. It was like eight bucks. Well, that was seven or eight years ago. They've since sent me probably five hundred dollars worth of that big, thick catalog they send <laughs> all the time. I only ever wanted one bucket. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going to start the show. The real topic. We're going to start the topic now. Okay. Now, so I just want to establish. That you were a recruiter for almost two years, uh, thirteen years ago. Is that right? Uh, kind of. I mean, I've done it since then, but yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to establish for the audience when you were a hands-on recruiter, because they always come after me for this stuff. Since well, then, you've been. Oh, I, oh, 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 oh! You're on my show. Don't interrupt me. Okay, so since then, you've been doing process improvement for recruiting as a, a consultant, more or less. Is that right? No. What do you do? Can I make it you? short. Make it short. Uh, no, I make did. it long. In, since she's not a recruiter, take, his, take, take the hour. <laughs> in, in the mix there, I did do quite a bit of contract recruiting work um, and worked with a lot of companies in more of a contract recruiting role um, going on. Now we do, I guess you can call it process improvement, but we basically fix broken recruiting teams. What does that mean, Sarah? We fix so, broken recruiting teams. Hold on, and I'm going to warn you something. Be concrete. Why don't you give yeah. an example of what you've done, a real-life example rather than a general statement? Sure. So uh, a, a very large company called and they had some concerns that they weren't having a lot of success. They weren't hiring a lot of candidates. They were spending a lot of money. We came in, uh, I came in, did uh, a little bit of research and process look of all of the recruiters they had. We did a skills gap audit to figure out where people were not doing well. How do you do that? Um, How do you do that? Yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I was going to ask the same thing. I love a skills gap audit. I'm going to do one we right here. They sound horrible. Um, okay. I think I really, it's like are. doing a, a employee engagement survey, but it's about, you know, how, how well do you know how to do this, not do this. It's a bunch of questions. Hold on. No, no. Yeah. Don't skip it. Hold on. Hold on. What are the, what are the questions? Boring. I don't want to bore everybody. It's not boring. I asked you to tell me. Come on. Okay. So we come in. We set up a bunch of. What's we? Is that we is you? We is you, right? Me, I have a analyst that works with me when we're doing research and surveys. 
Okay. So I have other people that come in on that type of stuff. So I have about 10 people that come in, depending on the consulting engagement, that I could pull in that specialize in different parts of the process. Is one of them Marin Hogan? No. Okay. No. She used to. Um, we used to do that on mm-hmm. the vendor. Yeah, I'm not interested side. in that. Uh, don't interrupt ah, it, Jerry. I want to know. Look, why is it going to take me 10 minutes just to find out what questions she asks recruiters about their skills? Can't you just spill it out? What's your elevator pitch? I don't care about that. I, I want to know what questions. How do you evaluate recruiters? That's all I want to know. It sounds like it's subjective. It sounds like it's subjective evaluation. You give them a little survey and they fill it out themselves and they have to confess that I'm only a five out of ten on cold calls or uh, emails or I got really bad results from my emails. How do you? What questions are you asking and, and who answers them? That is basically what we're asking. And believe it or not, recruiters are pretty honest when they think it's anonymous. Give the questions. Give the questions. Please, okay. I'm begging you. I'm trying I, exactly what you just said. How comfortable are you with LinkedIn? How often do you actually do cold calling? How many of those a week do you do? What do you consider sourcing? That's probably, for me, one of the key questions is if we say, what do you consider sourcing, and they say reviewing resumes that come in, we know they don't have a clue what sourcing actually is. Um, So every company gets a different survey depending on what their challenges are. So that's why it's all customized. Are there any other questions? Is that it? I want to hear these questions. There's like 150 questions. Give us 20. (laughs) Okay. Uh, how well do you work with your team? What do you think of your hiring managers? And it's got a bunch of different selections. They could think, we hate them. I think they're jerks. They're really awesome. I don't know what I'm talking about. Amazingly, people tell us they don't know what they're talking about. We then find out what products they're using. So do they like, for instance, Taleo, LinkedIn, uh, HireVue, or Ovia, or uh, montage or WePow, whatever. Okay, let me switch gears. Let me switch gears. What are, what are we going to find surprising? Like, how many uh, recruiters uh, think that sourcing is going through resumes that have been sent in in response to an ad? Uh, of the companies that we've come in at, which I'm going to say are probably companies that are a little more behind, it's probably about 40%. Are you kidding? No. It's really, really high. And these are very big-name, high-brand companies that think they have recruiters that understand sourcing. They think they have recruiters that are ahead of the curve, um, and they really aren't. There's also the other surprising thing is a lot of recruiters will push back on certain technologies because they think it's going to take away from their job or make them less valuable. Like? Like? Video interviewing. That is the number one thing that we hear recruiters push back on, and they say, I don't support implementing this because I don't feel comfortable if this is going to impact my job or not. How's it going to impact your job? What? Instead of being on the phone, you're on video. What's the difference? Hold on, hold on. Let me interject here. For an animal, you're having a technical issue right now. <laughs> you can hear me? You can't hear me? You're you're clicking you're cutting in and, in and out. out. Mm-hmm. Are you calling I can't help it No, I'm on their system for blog talk radio. Uh, I'll have to start calling from landline again or something like that. Sorry. 
And I'm sorry. Sure. The animal show rules. Yeah. Hey, i got to tell you something. For a while, there's, I was calling in, with, they had a Skype button, and it was working, and I sounded better than I ever did on the phone, okay, calling in by phone. So I was happy with that. Then they changed it this last no week. Good. Stop. No good. So please post your questions on Twitter. I will read them, and I will ask our guest. You're real, oh my, you got, hold on. You really, you really can't hear me? It's bad. It's You're really bad. in and out. Anya, we're not, we're not saying this just to take over the show. Yo, go ahead. Take it over. I'll call not in on Skype. I'm back. I'm taking over. Okay, take <laughs> over. I don't yeah. care. Yo, you don't care. So so uh, tell us a little bit more about that, Sarah. Well, that's that's that, right? So companies <laughs> are spending all this money on technology. No, no, you can't answer. Like, you, need, you need to spend a few more minutes. Right, that's what I'm saying. Companies, the, the overall issue, I think, is we have companies that are spending crazy amounts of money on a bunch of technologies, and then they basically have employees sabotaging it because they're insecure about their job. Are you at liberty to uh, give us a, a sense for what kind of incredibly huge numbers you're talking about? Uh, you're talking tens of thousands, hundreds? Hundreds of thousands. In recruiting technology? In recruiting technology. Um, and what all does that encompass? Job boards, etc. No, um, I I have come in where companies are spending, you know, between half a million and a million dollars just in recruiting technologies because they keep buying more and more stuff instead of trying to figure out why what they're already buying isn't working. So what kind of stuff um, can you spend that much money on? A lot. LinkedIn is crazy expensive for companies. Um, then they're paying for, you know, Glassdoor, applicant tracking, recruiting CRM, video interviewing, phone interviewing. Um, then they're doing the recruitment marketing modules, and then they're doing these other modules, and then you have uh, sourcing matching technologies. I mean, there's probably 10 or 15 different things that they could spend money on, and wow. a lot of times I get the call because they're spending money on all of it, uh, one one company that I went in with, which was a Fortune 100, I went down to do what animal kind of snorkeling refers to as process improvement. Basically, I try to m make them not waste their money. Uh, they had 27 different vendors just for recruiting. Vendors as in recruiting agencies? No, no agencies. These are HR technologies that they were buying just in the recruiting. Oh, I got you. So there, I mean, wow. and nobody was using them because nobody knew what any of them do, did. Half of them, uh, their recruiters had bought individual licenses for on top of that because they didn't know the company already had huh. bought it. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Yet it's, those same companies then tell us that they can't afford our fee when they right. would only ever pay the fee if we were successful in our right. pursuit. Hmm. Yep. So it's like uh, these companies are spending a lot of money on lipstick. Yes. Right? They're spending a lot of money on a brand when the brand isn't what's broken. Hmm. It's the, you know, it's the process. And process improvement has a crappy name because for a long time it was like, okay, what's your next step in your process? And for me, I don't really look at it that way. I really look at like, let's look at everything and just how broken and jacked up your stuff is. And let's at least get you not being wasteful. Like, let's make it work. And if you make your process and you make your technology work, a big shocker, your candidates are happy, so you fix your candidate experience problem. Your hiring managers are happy, so you fix that problem. 
and everything else tends to kind of work better. You're not spending six weeks to review a resume because it goes through nine different technologies. So regarding candidate experience, which you can help fix, is is the biggest problem with candidate experience simply a lack of understanding where they are in the process and feedback? I mean, is that really it? How much uh, of it is is what's my status versus boy, I went there and it was a weird interview and met some weird people and you know what percentage is just hey, am I being considered? What's my story? Did you get my resume? Right. I think most of it's even before that. I think most of it's like, wow, you guys really suck to try to apply to. You know, it's I even getting your getting even getting your resume in. in. There's a, a company that I d- didn't do the work with because some companies are just not; they're too far gone. Um, they <laughs> were adamant about a 50-minute application process just to apply. Because that proved that somebody really wanted to be part of their company. you got to want it. And you have to really want it. And I try to explain to them, okay, well, who – but they had really high turnover. And so people would come on, get hired, and then leave shortly thereafter, or they would not accept a job or whatever. I kept trying to explain to them, if you're taking 50 minutes and you're making a, you know, somebody that's employed and really competitive go through the same process – you're going to get a bunch of people who just want to apply to everything. Wouldn't they, they already know that? It. Isn't that common sense? No. Like, they truly – I think that's more common sense outside of the Midwest. In the Midwest, it's still a pretty common conversation I have to have. Is it possibly because of our more the older industries, management, yeah. and ownership have always been, hey, if you want to work here, well, you need yeah. to show – I mean, yeah, I, I, I have manufacturing background, distribution yeah, type company. I have some Absolutely. customers, several in fact, that as part of their pre-interview process, they send the candidate, uh, you know, a questionnaire, which I find kind of stupid, but have them fill it out. Uh, two different companies, in in one way or another, ask, "Why do you want to work here?" I think that's a ridiculous question to ask someone who's never even interviewed there. But they want to know. They want to know if you've done the research. Well, that's what so. – didn't mean to get us off track there, but the, why do you want to work your question is stupid. It's a sucker question, Jerry. So just totally invite sociopaths, right? Like somebody that can just fake and lie your whole way through the process, is that really who you want to have work for your All right, somebody's messing yeah. us up here. Why? Can you hear me? Is that you? Can you hear me? Yeah. We're going to have to change your name to Russell. Are you calling what? from a wind tunnel? Yeah, wind tunnel. <laughs> that bad. You, you test no, out the new aerodynamics on the Corvette. Okay. I'll, I'll... Wow. Hey, guys, let's just keep making it seem like animals. You should not even be on the show today. <laughs> Whenever he comes on. <laughs> Any, anytime he gets on, it's like, man, that's worse than the last time. Sounds oh, good. <laughs> so, so, Sarah... Are you busy? I'm very busy. Only wow. half of only half of what I do is on the corporate side. So actually working with corporate recruiting teams, and the other half is trying to fix the products from sucking so bad. The products these companies are getting bogged down with because they suck, so they just yeah. keep buying more. You're then with the product people saying, "Hey, here's what the other side of the fence is doing. 
here's why your products suck, let's fix it. Right. Yep. Can you go so, in? Hold on. Did Animal just get back on? Yeah, I'm back no. on. Dude, sounds even Dude. worse, man. Are you kidding? Jerry. I'm calling on a regular landline. Oh, my can God. You, can you mute Jerry. Are you kidding me? I don't even know if you can hear me over Animal's thing. What is that? Hold on. I can't. Jerry, can you hear me? Yeah. Are you sure? Okay, you can't. Is this wrecking the show, my my sound? Huh? Dude. Animal, do you have me muted? Hear him? It's ridiculous. See, it okay, I'll me? sign up. I'll hang me? up. I'll hang up. <laughs> Jerry, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, we can hear okay, you. thanks. Sarah, so you're saying, Sarah. Sarah, can you hear me? Okay, Alan Fleur here. Hi. So here's my question about about what you just said. So are you telling the group here that you're talking, you're going to Oracle, Taleo, and Hireview, and the other ones, and trying to convince them that their systems suck and they need to change them somehow? Oh, I don't go to anybody and convince them. They know. Uh, I'm not seeing any of those particular companies, um, but I've worked with about 80 of the vendors in the space on some like level of product or process improvement. Okay, such as? Uh, most, I'm signed under NDA, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can, we can uh, assume she's working with a lot of these companies. Come on, Alan. I have. I mean, yeah. um, the Fair. ones just, publicly I've done work, you know, I and I, you know, I do some other stuff who's with them. Who's breathing so heavily here? Jerry, I just find it. Back off. Jerry, I'm not, I'm, not do, I'm not breathing heavy or doing anything like that. I find it amazing when nobody can get Taleo None of the Kaleo customers can get something, a real simple thing fixed that that a major vendor is going to, you know, Sarah's going to be able to get a hold of them and help them fix what's well, up. No, I, don't I don't believe that Sarah's getting a hold of them. I believe that they know who she is. Yeah. And they're yeah. in touch with her for her expertise and uh, consulting from, from the field. Yep. Okay. I don't do any type of marketing or anything. After I left uh, the analyst company, I just kind of, uh, yeah, I'm very selective on the companies that I work with because I know some of them just want to say they want to do something and then they don't. Um, other ones want to just buy a product. They're like, okay, who's a startup that's doing this well that we could just buy and roll into ours because we know our teams can't do this. Um, so it, there's a lot of companies really trying harder to, one, improve the product and also, two, actually not send as much crap out in their sales process. And so that's the other, you know, working with them on not being so horrible when they're trying to demo products and sell stuff. Because, I mean, I'll sit in when I'm working with companies and we're looking at products, and I'm sitting in on these demos, and I literally want to, like, rip my ears off and rip my eyes out. Because the salespeople are just total idiots and have no clue what they're doing. Okay. And then you talk to another one, and they're awesome and great. And so it's just trying to help the curve. I mean, I, I there's a couple of the big ones that don't let anybody in because they know better than everyone. Um, but for the most part, a lot of the uh, recruiting-specific products and a lot of the talent management systems that are building out recruiting products will reach out to get some advice or advisory work throughout the process. How big is how big is the uh, community of of people that do what you do? My guess is fairly small. It's pretty small. Um, there's probably th three, three of really? us. Really? Yeah. 
smaller um, than I thought then. No, yeah. no, no, no. Well, if you're only talking the Milwaukee area, maybe, but not. No. I can think of I can think of three or four off the top in L.A. Three or four people that do what uh, Sarah does in L.A. Process improvement, helping recruiting. Do I, I'm getting calls no, now, Jerry, no, to help with on the on the tech side. On the oh, sitting, on sitting in with a vendor. Build and change the vendors and do that side of it. There's a lot oh. of people that work on the marketing side with them. There's very few that are actually touching product. And I've been working and doing this on the product side since 2005. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, on the process improvement side, there's a ton. There's some people that do it really, really good. And a lot of times, depending on uh, the company and the brand and kind of what their specialty is, like if they're calling specifically and looking to improve employment branding, I send those out to somebody else. Um, and I say I connect them with some of the other people that I, I know and trust and I think are better. So I really like to focus more on um, when I'm coming in to do process improvement, it's really from a kind of a technology and making sure their process and their technology and everything fits. If do you recommend really products then? Um, yes and no. So I'll give them, like, I'll help shortlist. I'll never make selection decisions. Mm-hmm. I will help mm. them understand how to do a demo, and I'll sit in sometimes with demos and train them how to look at products more thoughtfully. Um, but I do not actually do selection of products. I don't think most companies need or should have somebody else select a product. You as a VP or director of HR should understand why you're buying a product and make that decision on your own. (laughs) Do you you think part of the problem is that some of these tools try to do everything for everyone, try and be all-in-one solution for every possible thing? Yeah, I mean, that's just the nature of our world now. Everybody wants to be everything to everyone because they all want more money. It's technology. It's consultants. It's, you know. Who are the, who are the suckers that keep buying all this stuff, though? The people, HR people. They, a lot of them. God. A lot. Sarah. I mean, it's, it's sad. It, it, like, hurts my heart sometimes to see how much money people are wasting. Like, it makes Sarah. me sad as a person. But I'd like to ask you a question about that. Yes. And, and, no, no, no. And, it was an executive made a comment to me one time, and I find I find it partly true in the recruiting industry. Uh, you make a comment about the HR people, but a lot of companies try to be all things to all people. But don't you think that a lot of those companies, that a lot of the potential clients, they want to be lied to, just like oh, yeah. when when the recruit when the slimy recruiters say, "I can get you, I can get you three to five candidates within 24, 48 hours." Really, that's. And if you're in a niche in your specialty like Jerry, but don't you feel a lot of the clients just want to be lied to? Well, I, I don't know if they want to be lied to. I think they want to be they want to believe the lie. Yeah. Like they want to truly think that you can just have one solution that's going to do everything. And yeah, I wouldn't think they want to be lied to. But they they want to believe that, so they're yeah. going to – and that's why, you know, you see a lot of product turnover 12 or 18 months down the road because they're like, oh, I thought it was going to do this. Or on the roadmap, it said it was going to do X, Y, Z. Or, hey, you were wrong or you were right when you told us that they weren't the right company for us. Hey, can you help us now actually do what you said we should have done in the first place? Um So I don't think they want to be lied to. I think they're naive to think that there is a solution out there that kind of can do it all. I mean, it's... Okay, I can, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, knowing that the Recruiting Animal Show, the audience, 
are recruiters yep. pr- primarily. What can you offer to us that you've learned that might be beneficial for the outside recruiting vendor? Um, what kind of takeaways could you share with us? For recruiters? Yeah, I mean, just from, um, from what you know about the dilemmas and debacles that, that your customers go through, what can we do to improve either our service with them or... Yeah, know, give us some best product. practices. One, don't assume that a, any technology is going to fix your process. It's not. If you have problems, it's going to amplify it. If you don't know what you're doing, it's going to amplify it. If you think Twitter should be your main recruiting source... It's going to just amplify and show you even more that you're wrong. Well, but what um, do we, as as agency and outside recruiters, what can we do to help your customer base? You know, what problems are they experiencing? They're spending all this money, but in the end, aren't they really wanting to hire more people? I yeah. mean, are they trying to shorten their timeline? Are they trying to spend less in fees? I mean, what are they well, shooting for that we can think about? in our approach to to developing our businesses? Well, for you guys, honestly, I think being able to, like, help educate them. Unfortunately, one of the biggest challenges I find is they don't know what results they're trying to do by getting technology. They just think they're supposed to be continuing to buy it. And that's why they keep doing these collections of stuff. And uh, the other big complaint I hear about a lot is that the agencies keep trying to go around the systems. So if they have the vendor system set up, if they have some of the stuff, um, you know, I've talked to director and VP of HR that are like, look, we know they're going to reach out to our hiring managers first, but when they submit it, we'd love for it to be submitted into the system. That way we can also track it. It's not so we can say, well, we have that person on our system. They said it's so we can track it. So if we hire that person six months or nine mm-hmm. months down the road, we know where they came from, and we'll still pay the commission on it. And that's if you're talking with a company that's actually interested in doing it the right way rather than right. doing the other side of what you just described. Exactly. And so the the reality is, is it's such a – like. There's two different mentalities on agency recruiters. And I started out in agency recruiting. And so I remember, you know, having the clients that were like, you guys are the worst people in the world. I know you're just trying to scam us or recruit out of us or whatever. And then you have the other side that was like, oh, my gosh, we totally see the value here. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I think a big benefit now for recruiters is that because all of these companies have started getting all of this technology, they actually can track for the first time ever. It's not like we think we spend this. They actually know exactly how much it costs for them to hire somebody. A basic applicant tracking system now tells them time, cost, you know, all of these other factors that they really didn't know before. So a really good agency recruiter should be stepping in, walking in, and saying, hey, what's your standard timeline? What's this? Here's how we work. Here's how we actually save you money. There's, you know, Put it back in the numbers and make them look at it from a business perspective, hmm. which is something we weren't trained to do uh, when I was in an agency. We but didn't Sarah, approach it from a business perspective. Yeah. I hear I hear your comment, but I've seen so many different studies and so many different metrics on cost of hire, and you can even look oh, at yeah. the big sh- 
Sherm paper that puts up a big mathematical algorithm, and then in the end there's small print going, this is probably not right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so I can look at somebody that says we have 2,000, 4,000, 24,000. I can look at Gartner and Forrester that say a $100,000 person to backfill can cost between one and $300,000. So, you know, that just leaves the slimy recruiters open to, you know, it leaves a lot of, it leaves a lot of gaps. Right. It does. I think the issue is getting away. I mean, HR people love those SHRM studies. They can be totally wrong, inaccurate, whatever. If it has SHRM on it, HR people Mm -hmm. act like it's the Bible. (laughs) I can I can show them like, hey, here's you know here's exactly what's actually going on in your company. And then they'll be like, yeah, but here's what Sherm says those averages are. I'm like, yeah, but that's not what it is at your company. Here's what mm-hmm. you're actually doing. And they're like, oh, yeah, but we use the Sherm numbers versus, like, reality. So I wouldn't uh, get away from using those Sherm numbers, but I also would just talk with them about the business case from mm-hmm. their perspective. Some, uh, some people get the data. Other people mm-hmm. that don't get the data will take those SHRM numbers and just, that's good. Enough. Run with them. They'll run with them. Oh, so yeah. You just have to know the client well enough to just be like, okay, well, we know exactly what this is. No, I agree with you. I just find it interesting when that this still comes up. So and weird. They, they find SHRM's the Bible, but if you read the studies at the bottom, it says, this really probably isn't real, and your numbers are going to be a lot different, even though we worked on this really cool algorithm. Right. Yeah. Well, and uh, this is getting boring. What's next? It is boring. Okay, next let's go on. Hey, somebody asked a question about uh, do you go to candidates to learn of the application experience? Should I answer that or just reply? Yeah, to sure. What, what are you talking about? The what? I don't know. Somebody just tweeted me on Twitter for this question for the show. Yeah. Do you go to candidates to learn of application experience? Absolutely. If you're an agency, you should have an idea of any applicants that go in there. Obviously, that's a given. Everybody does that that is an agency recruiter anyway. If you're a corporate recruiting department and you're not actually checking to see, like, what applicants think of your process, then, you know, you're you're kind of wasting time if you are trying to buy more technology, change your process, quote, fix stuff. Because, like you said earlier, it's like a – lipstick on a pig type of thing. It's like, okay, great, we're going to keep fixing this, but we don't know what our people, and I'm part of Candidate Experience Awards. I think it's an awesome thing. It's very cool what they're doing. They research, you know, 100,000 candidates a year on what people like, don't like. Everything is free. Everybody here can access the report, see all the research, and, and use it, and if you're an agency recruiter, HR people love that data. They think that information is super interesting. Um, do you uh, do you pull up to your customers in a Tesla? I do pull up in a Tesla. <laughs> and, and how do they feel about that when they're asking you if you can kind of shave your hourly rate or consulting fees just a bit to be more competitive? <laughs> do you look at them with a straight face and say, "Hey, I'm I'm doing the best for you I can." Here. I, really am. I actually uh, very very rarely actually drive to a customer. I can I think maybe I've had five clients in the state of Wisconsin in the last six years thanks um, daryl by the way yeah thanks daryl thanks for busting so, me out so you I, drive I got a, a tesla. tesla for my birthday this year oh my goodness so it's it's pretty awesome i i argue that i was um i was frugal with it right i bought a 2014 
And oh, so it had 6,000 miles, so I got it oh used because Tesla now has certified use. <laughs> um, but, Does that thing uh, just fly yeah, when you yeah. want it to? That's oh, my gross. gosh. It's When I'm getting on the freeway sometimes, my <laughs> stomach drops. It goes so I've bad. seen them, yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's, um, people, do, like, my my husband in his pre-married life had a, a 911, and that was his, like, I'm single, no kids car. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I think, is as fast as that was. I mean, it's, it's pretty fast, <sighs> yeah, and it doesn't is. shift gears, which makes it, like, feel even faster. So... It's, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty in love with it. It's pretty yeah, awesome. Very cool. Well, that kind of confirms also that, that you are a successful consultant, meaning, you know, I mean, you've got to be doing something right if you're driving a Tesla, unless you oh, want yeah, the lottery. Yeah, Her space no, isn't no going lottery away. wins, no windfalls of money. Okay, I'm back on the show, and I'm going to ask some hey. questions. Okay. Oh, <laughs> everyone calm down. Yeah, I, I, I don't want. I don't want to hear about her car. I don't want to hear about your car. I want to know why. I don't want to know to ruin the show, guys. We were having a great conversation. That was actually a very good show. It really was. Yeah. Okay, go then. Go ahead, Jer. Go ahead. You go ahead. I want to ask my questions. You go ahead. No, go ahead. No, Jerry, talk to you about your car. About your car. No, I don't care about your car, but everybody else does. Go ahead. I give the people what they want. Yeah, man. I I thought it was a rather uh, interesting question. You know, I don't think you should roll into your customers looking like you're just getting over on everybody. Well, I also have a Prius. Oh, there you go. So that's the the other side of it. A 2008 (laughs) Prius. That's the client visiting car. You're going to show up in? The client car. The client car. Okay, back to you, Animal. I've I've wrecked the show, obviously, by... No, obviously, I, I didn't hear the show. I didn't, tell us what she does. I didn't hear the show. I didn't hear the show, Jerry. I don't know what's been going on for the last half when hour, you okay? Go, when you I was just sitting here being boring, Animal, tape. ruining your show. Yeah, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to think, man, I could learn from Jerry. <laughs> just a thought. Hey, did you talk about your pond? Whose pond? Okay, forget about it. Sarah, yes. Why do you call yourself a thought leader? You write on your LinkedIn profile. Sarah is a sought-after writer, speaker, trainer, and consultant. You're too good for that kind of bragging. How about just saying I'm a writer and a speaker, and I've done this and that? Why do you call yourself a thought leader? Okay. Do you want the truth about my LinkedIn profile? Well, um, I'll tell I, you some. Go ahead. No lie to us. I talk. I talked at a conference, and my LinkedIn profile was all a mess. Well, their PR, marketing, whoever person had written up this, like, really nice bio that they put in their book. And I'm like, oh, that works until I can update it. So I just, like, copy and pasted it. It's also why it's in third person, which is super douchey. I get it. No, no, but it isn't in the third person anymore. Stuff. Hold on a second. You switch from the Did first person to the okay, third person. Third person at some point. No, it isn't. Halfway through, partway it's through, uh, like it should be. I also work with HR technology vendors, and then oh, halfway through yeah. the summary, half listen to me. Halfway through the summary, it says she was named top one hundred of HR influencers by the Huffington Post, and so so you switch back and forth here. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. It's, and it's I, I, okay, I got another question. You say you visionaried next generation advancements 
in development. Is that is that a verb? Visionary? You mean you envisioned, or is it I visionaried? I visionaried. It's totally uh, correctable. Is that a jargon term that I'm not aware of? No, I. I uh, take full responsibility for any my LinkedIn profile. I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I have no, like, I I really wish I had, like, time to craft it and make it super awesome and look great. Most of the time, I'm like, oh, crap, my website still says white. It doesn't even say Brennan on it. So, uh, yeah, it's just, you know what? Here's the deal. I'm busy. And so some oh. of these things, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I hope somebody finds me on LinkedIn and calls me so I can get business. I'm busy. So I'm like, eh, LinkedIn. Okay, I'll get to it. I'm with you on that. Screw what your LinkedIn profile says. <laughs> if you're counting on that to get business, your party's over you're anyway. You're doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I know I've made a living out of critiquing Twitter and LinkedIn profiles, but it's really irrelevant. Okay. Well, what about your webpage for a headhunter who is actually going out and looking for people, not trying to attract people to him or her? Is a webpage important for a headhunter? Because you just said your webpage isn't very important to yourself, and your blog hasn't been updated for ages. No. It, now, granted, we've had some stuff going on in real life for the last six months that I've been dealing with. Um, so the blog, I was basically off work for five months. So... That explains why the blog and some of the other stuff. My website, I get stuff through it, but I don't. I don't think people. Go right. Okay, but what about you're a social media expert? You teach social media for a third party recruiter. Is a website important? Yes or no? Yes. Why? If you if you well if you're a company, you want to have a website. Why? You wouldn't even hire a cleaning person if they didn't have a you know at least. Well, you've got a LinkedIn profile. You've got a LinkedIn profile, Jerry. While we were gone. Yeah. Do you want we to had an argument. LinkedIn? Yeah, Jerry said his website, LinkedIn. Jerry's got a website, but he says it's absolutely insignificant to him. Am yeah. I right about that? People know who he is in the space. If, if yeah. you're well known, you don't need it. I will tell you, I will tell you, I was, um, this has been two months ago. We were hiring a consultant to, to place him on a project with one of our customers. And for the first time really ever, the guy, he's a software developer, Sharp leading-edge kind of web developer guy, he says, hey, uh, your website is really out of date. I'm like, okay, uh, what do you want me to do? And he's like, well, uh, how, how do I know who you are? And so I gave him a list of 20 people to call. He called 10 of them, called me back, and he's like, uh, you're good. Yeah. Which Other than that, nobody's side, ever mentioned my web page. On the flip side, you know, you could be really crappy at what you do and just have a really nice site. Yeah. And then, you're, you know, people will think you have more credibility. Mm -hmm. You say the older I get, the more I realize that a lot of people really like to be experts at everything instead of admitting their weaknesses. What does that mean? Yes. Uh, we talked a little bit about this while you were having technical issues. I think there's horrible. a lot of people who... Uh, struggle with saying, here's kind of the three or four things that I do really well. And it, for me, if you call me to do stuff outside of those things, I actually, one, enjoy, and two, do well, I'm going to send you to somebody else. I'm going to refer you to somebody else. I'm going to, like, get you to the right person that I think can actually help. And I think there's a lot of people that um, 
would be like, oh, no, no, I could do that. Oh, wait, you need that? Yeah, I could do that too. Oh, and that? I can, yep, I can do that also. And they'll just like kind of, you know, they want to be experts at everything. Well, hold on. Isn't, aren't there a lot of successful people who always say, never say no? If they say, can you do it? Yeah, I can do it. What's, what there's like, there are. Anybody else got a comment on that? No? No? If somebody asked you to fill, can, can you fill this job? Oh, yeah, no problem. Right? Or do you say, no, I can't? Yeah, but you're still talking about recruiting, at least. I mean, I'm talking about, like, you know, somebody that's like, oh, okay, you're an agency. Can you fill this job? Okay, great. Now, can you uh, go ahead and redo our website for us? Oh, yeah, well, we okay. can do that also. Can okay. you? Uh, just, okay, do, okay, blah, blah, blah. okay. Let's just move on because hey, I got a lot. I got a lot of questions. You said there's a crazy. Okay, stat. You said there's a crazy stat that 94 percent of companies use social to recruit. No, they don't. They're out and out yeah. lying to serve themselves. Is that true? Yeah. I do you know 94 percent of companies. I'm sure somewhere in the in the asterisks of that research, um, and I actually got called out on that comment uh, on a call yesterday, actually. So um, I think in who they researched, probably that could be accurate. If they are a social recruiting company, researching off of their clients that are already doing social recruiting. No, it or must mean they're using LinkedIn. It must mean they're using LinkedIn. Uh, Right. Which gets or back to something that I said years ago, which still holds true. LinkedIn is not a social site. And once no. you remove LinkedIn statistics right. from all social recruiting stats, you get about a big fat zero. Yep. Yeah. Maybe like and then if you remove the word attempt to from the other side of the social recruiting stats. It's absolute zero. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Hold on. Sure you can find one person. I mean, it's not going to be zero, but it's... Closer to right. zero than 100% successfully oh, using it. Oh, definitely. Or if you don't consider using it from a branding perspective. I mean, if you're truly talking about using it as a sourcing and recruiting tool, not an employment branding tool, right. not as any of those other things, a proactive that number tool. is staggeringly low. Okay, Sarah, you say people should turn down business with losers who don't want to take their advice, and you've done it. You say you met a startup. You said, I'm not going to work with them, even though they wanted to hire you because you sensed that their leaders were not really open to advice. You want to tell that story? Yeah, that happens actually quite a bit. Um, I was working with a company, uh, went in to do, I always typically do a one-day, you know, kind of first-day intake meeting, especially with tech firms, to make sure that culture fit and what they're going and the product and everything is the right direction. Uh, and, you know, gave them some pretty basic advice because, to be honest, the product was really bad. Um, but they were trying to fix it. Well, some of even the most basic advice, you know, I, I got pushed back, like being told that large companies don't even use applicant tracking systems. Only startups and tech firms do it. Our goal is to change that. So, you know, uh, you know companies of 10,000 or more may one day use an applicant tracking system. And I paused for a second thinking, right, they have to be joking, right? This can't be. But that was, they were so confident that was their stance on what the market looked like. Okay, so let me, let me say, let me just bring that to recruiters. It's a recruiting show. So if we go in, is there any way to test your client to see if they're going to take your advice once you're out in the field bringing in people? 
Well, I think it's having a really upfront conversation. You know, if the if you know what budget they're trying to pay, you have an idea of their benefits, you have an idea if they're a HR department or a hiring manager that's very like, no, you know, this is required. A degree, for instance. I'm going to use this for an example because when I was doing uh, an executive placement not that long ago for a company, three years ago, we brought in a client um, or a, a candidate that did not have a degree but had been in the industry 25 years, so came into the industry early 80s, um, and had been in that role at the direct competitor, only willing to leave because they wanted to relocate their family to the other city. And the HR person and hiring manager turned it down because there was no degree. Every other qualification. Okay, but the point I'm making. So so you know up front, like we should have seen or asked the question, you know, what of these are flexible? What isn't flexible? Get an idea for a feel of who they are as people. And honestly, if they're going back and forth and bickering on budget and cost and how much you cost, those people that want the best deal are always the ones that are the biggest headaches. Like when they're nickel and diming everything or like being really nitpicky about everything up front, they're typically the clients that are going to be the biggest issues. And that's across the board, recruiting, consulting, software, across the board. Mm-hmm. Anybody yeah, else want to comment on that? that? I just had somebody who tried to nail me down in the, in the fee agreement to every single term, like as much as humanly possible. I went through, I don't know, four or five days sending back fee agreements, corrected this, that, back and forth. Finally got it hammered out. Two weeks later, the guy was fired. So what was the point? Right. Sometimes and then you, you lost it. You gotta just hop in your Tesla and say, yeah. "I'm out of here." <laughs> I lost, you know, homie, I lost my <laughs> Okay, I want to talk to Daryl Disco for a second. I called in on their Direct Connect. I called in on my phone. I called in on Skype, and none of them worked. He says here, "I visionary that animal will get a new phone." I vision. I like that word now. Visionary. It's so ridiculous. I'm going to use it all the time. I visionary. Yeah, but now I called in again on the Direct Connect, and it, nobody's complaining. So how do I know? It's like Russian roulette, okay? I'm sorry, Disco. Animal, I feel like I have to admit something right now. Go ahead. Earlier when you called back in like the first time. You were faking uh, it? You just wanted to get rid of me we, so you would get your start turn? Good music. Yeah, we don't you. want you to now think that, you, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't consider that to be a conclusive scientific test of how we could hear you or not hear you. Don't use that for, for your test. When do you wake up in the morning, Sarah? Uh, sometime between 6 and 8. I don't really do the alarm thing. 6 and 8? So, That's a huge uh, margin. Okay. Well, when, you're, when you're enjoying a Serta mattress. <laughs> I love it. It's kind of hard to want to roll it out, you know what I mean? <laughs> But no one you'll be hopping in a nice Tesla. Tesla in the garage. I mean, it, it, it pulls you off the Serta, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was we going to ask when you... you begged, Sarah. We know uh-huh. your story. How much time every day do you spend reading the news, the general news? General news, um, I would say probably 30 minutes. Uh-huh. And I uh-huh. watch probably 30 minutes, general news. Yeah. Um, I spend way more time in general news world than I do in HR 
blog world. Why? Um, because I think from a business perspective, it gives you a much better understanding of what the challenges actually are versus listening to, you know, just what somebody else is saying. Well, how do you stay up to date in your field? Well, I'll look at what's going on in the industry, Do read more research. I actually talk to vendors. I'm actually talking to clients versus relying on a, you know, a blogger that may or may not have an agenda for what they're putting out there, right? You know, a lot of the bloggers now get paid for content. A lot of them may. are working with um, both. They're working with companies that they're trying to promote or they're working with other vendors in the space and or they're getting paid for placing certain ones, or they're sitting on advisory boards. And so I, I don't know where everybody actually stands. Uh, so to be honest, you know, I just really focus more on, the, on what's going on in the news and what I'm actually hearing from companies, from recruiters, from agencies, from RPOs. So you sort, you sort of agree with, with, with uh, Tim Sackett that all, a lot of the experts in your field are compromised? Yes, without question. Wow. Okay. You know what? Wow. Time's all, uh, time, that's oh, a bold yeah. statement. Yeah, I it guess, is. Uh, that's why I don't have as many friends in the space anymore. <laughs> that's okay. So, is Jerry Crispin the renowned number one expert at the top of the whole game? I is he like the like the like the father figure? Um, it depends on when you came into the industry and when you came into the space. I think a lot of people that are coming in now only know him uh, from the candidate experience stuff. I met Jerry uh, when I was 22, and he's pretty much mentored me through my career. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have worked with him um, and actually met him. He used to run classes at Cornell, um, did a, a graduate program, like for, like, certification type stuff, and I met him going through some of the stuff at Cornell grad school um, for HR, and so way, like in the 2001, 2002, something like that. Wow. Um, so, you know, I, I think he absolutely is. I think I trust his opinion far more than I trust a lot of other people's. Um, he works pretty exclusively just with companies. And, um, you know, really is about sharing and learning. And, and I think that was one of the things he instilled in me, if I ever wanted to have long success in this industry, it was to make sure that I never stopped trying to learn um, what else is going on and learn about right. it as much as I could. Can I ask a few quick questions before? Yeah, the show's like, please. should be over, but I want to ask a few questions. Let's I'm going to go. After show, dude. I've got to do a lot of paperwork. Oh, so you can just hang up if you want, okay? Recruiting oh, no, on. I can hang up. I don't need your permission to hang up. Okay. Stop okay. telling me. Yeah. Uh, I'm just giving you. I just, I'm just telling you it's okay uh, with me. Uh, it was. We missed you, Jerry. Sarah. 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 Glenn Cathy the famous Glenn Cathy, who I assume is not compromised, says that not many developers like being recruited on Twitter, but he doesn't know why. Do you know? Who does like being recruited on Twitter? It's typically done publicly. So if anybody at your work or your boss or anything else is looking at your Twitter feed, then they're going to see that you're getting hit up by recruiters in a very public forum. And then even if you're not looking at going with another company, you have that air of suspicion sitting over your head. I think it's like, it's so obvious, 
but it's not if you're not looking at it like, hey, we live in a world where other people are probably checking to see what their employees are doing. I no, know frankly, let's be real. Thing. Nobody's really doing that. It's a fake. It's a fake concern. Yeah. It's not happening. I, I don't see it happening. It is happening. I know uh, one. Uh, it, well, I should I should back out by saying. Twitter blows anyway, so I'm not even on there, so I wouldn't know what, what you right. kids are doing with it now. How much recruiting is taking place on Twitter? <laughs> Too much. <laughs> no, Sarah, Sarah. Sarah's working at these companies. How much? Good question. Um, I, I think it's more effectively being used for branding. Or if you work in a really specific, really specific, right? If you only work in engineering or, and there happens to be a group and you just share information about that and then you connect with people somewhere else and then you recruit them through that, nobody's doing everything solely off of social media. Maybe for like hourly retail, if they're saying like, hey, we're opening up a new store in Milwaukee, come this day to apply. Is that call. really social media recruiting though? Right, like if a cherry berry is opening up a new place and they send out a tweet, is that is that what we really call social media recruiting now? So uh, I I I don't see it as a huge source of hire now. Uh huh. Glenn Kathy says that some recruiters are doing okay recruiting people on Facebook, but most probably aren't doing the messaging very well, so it turns people off. Do you agree right. or disagree? I actually really hate Facebook. Um, so I am not a good person to ask on this one. I, I have hardly any people that I even stay connected to on Facebook. I, I do not do the open networking thing. A lot of people do. I'm probably a bad example. Anybody that I do connect with, if all they're posting is work or business related stuff, I unfriend them like immediately. So I can't imagine that. Two more questions. Two more questions. Texting by recruiters. Glenn Cathy says most people don't like texting. Most people don't like texting by recruiters, not only on the cold call, but even for administrative purposes, like setting up interviews. And he says that includes people who are unemployed. They think it's unprofessional. Now, I don't have research that's around wrong. that, but that seems pretty stupid. I mean, maybe yep, older absurd. people don't like it. I that's would take wrong. a text over someone calling me any day. I don't want to. You know, What's just the difference text. between a, that and an email? I mean, come on, people, stop being an so tight. An email gets lost, right? Like I get yeah. so much junk email. It's it would get lost in there if it was something urgent, like, hey, we'd like to schedule an interview for you. Of course, yeah, text me. I could respond right away. I have it wherever I'm going. Yeah. It seems way more logical. I'm, I'd love to see the research behind that. There, there is no Plus, research behind it. By the, the time fake, you're texting back and forth, the relationship is already formed. Absolutely. That's you know what? Yeah, I just got to tell you, texting texting was the the form of communication from recruiters that everyone across the board hated the most, and that was studied in these surveys. Final What's question: the, What survey? Facebook. I, I'd have to take a look. That, here's yeah, the thing, do. though. They rec- what happens is when they include that survey. That is going to include in those automatic crap SMS texts that come straight from an applicant tracking system that say, hey, you've been matched with a new job. Please go here to apply. Like, and so that all gets rolled in versus it being a true connection text of like, hey, we need to schedule this or we need to schedule right. that. Unfortunately, in the research, they put all of that stuff together, and then it just becomes junk research. 
I don't yeah, know. Like maybe the, the sender's name is two four two seven five one. Right. Okay. Yep. What would animal know? He doesn't even have a cell phone. Hold on a second. Final uh, question. Cold calls, he said, are best done through emails right now. And LinkedIn emails are not disliked as much as everybody says. What do you say? Um, I, I don't think LinkedIn emails are used and mail is used, responded to probably as well as it did get five years ago. I hardly ever check my in-mail. Um, but look, you're giving advice to recruiters. That's why I'm asking you. What do you tell them to do? I want to know. Then email is going to work. Pick up the phone and call people, right? Like that actually works. If that doesn't work, send out an email. Send, you know, do a book drop. If you're actually trying to recruit somebody, be where they're going to go. Like be creepy about it. But mm-hmm. otherwise, if you want something simple, LinkedIn, easy. basically. We want easy, real easy. easy. Hey, super easy. Easy LinkedIn, and guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. Amazing. Come on. Come on. LinkedIn. <sighs> Get on LinkedIn. Actually do your homework to understand who you're calling and why they're calling them, and don't call and be all generic. Or send an email you that's actually targeted. Yeah, actually do what you know we were trained to do as recruiters way back in the day. I used to have to play, like, it's called like, hey, mister, or hey, do you know, where you have to call in. And we had to build our, you know, org charts literally by calling in and being like, hey, is uh, Joe still director? And they're like, we don't have a Joe. And you're like, no, I just talked to him. Was it James? And they're like, oh, John? John? I said, no, I'm not sure if that's that. Well, the other person that does that is Sally, but I don't think that's who. And you get everything. People now, it's have it so easy. It's all right there on LinkedIn for you. I'm just going to start leaving messages for all these uh, HR VPs that uh, I was raised hey. by you. Well, <laughs> okay. I, I, I imagine a lot of them know you. The ones that don't, critical they'll answer. probably they will she lose drives that. a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, you know the one that drives a Tesla. She was there last week in her Tesla. <laughs> okay, you can find like, set. You can good sleep. You can find Sarah on I'm So Sarah, I-M-S-O-S-A-R-A-H. Her company has a weird name, A-C-C-E-L-I-R.com. How do you say that? Acceler, like accelerate. Mm-hmm. That's like visionary, okay? five-second <laughs> delay, man? Well, well, I don't have a Jerry Kate. Tell. <laughs> the FCC is going to want to have that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's that? Who does that, man? What kind what? of an idiot? What kind of person does that, man? Guy listens to Howard Stern. Uh, yeah. That's ridiculous. I'm embarrassed. I... We'll cut. It, don't worry. I can cut it out. I can cut it out and put it back onto the upload it without that. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Well, you're all champions. All right. You guys have been fantastic. Thanks for a great show. The middle part of it was just rocking. I'm not sure. Thank you, Jerry. Exactly <laughs> but it was fantastic stuff. Thank you. Yeah.